He is gracious, he's compassionate, he's slow to anger, and he is rich in love. And his mercies are new every morning. So imagine in your emotional mind bank, every morning a dry erase board. And you go there and you just have to erase all the offenses of your child and forgive them every morning. everyone, I want to welcome you to the Single Mom Cast brought to you by Arise Single Moms. I'm Pam Keneally and I'm here today with... Mel Hyatt. Mel Hyatt. Hi, Mel. Hi, Pam. Here we are again with another fabulous podcast. This one's going to be a good one. Yes. A doozy, but a good one. A doozy because we are talking about something, moms, that sometimes we don't know how to talk about, (laughs) and that is puberty with our girls. It can be, feel so awkward, you know. Yet children's information can come from so many unreliable places, and we just want to make sure they get the information from a reliable source, which happens to be you, Mom. So perk up, because today we have somebody to be talking to us about that today. So today we have with us Cindy Schatzman. Cindy, thank you so much for being here. Hello. I'm so glad she's here. Hello to you. And you know what? I don't normally do this, but I have got to read a little bit of her bio, because to me, it just sets it sets up this podcast for you to know she knows what she's talking about. You know, she's a speaker, an inspirational speaker. She's here from Edmond, Oklahoma. She's been published by Focus on the Family, Chicken Soup for a Nurse's Soul, Devotional Series for a Tough Time. She's been in the Hugs Bible, Reflection for Women. It goes on and on. And the best part is she is a speaker for Arise and this does, has done some uh, videos for us, which, by the way, one of them is our high, one of our highest watched videos with 40 100 views. She is amazing. She uh, has a doctor's master's degree in IC, in ICU and an ER nurse. And uh, she knows what she's talking about. But here's what I love most about Cindy. She readily admits she is addicted to sweets and hairspray. Mm-hmm. I am. She's my kind of girl. <laughs> so to welcome you today, I have brought you a can of hairspray to my house. And you know what? This is my favorite brand. Well, I'm glad. And that's half That's half empty, but the half full. So you take it. And I also brought you two of my favorite cookies. There you go. I'm feeling the love right now. You feel the love? Okay. She's addicted to these things. So anyway, I'm so thrilled. Sweets and hairspray, but not not together. (laughs) Maybe. Uh, Both. Yeah. I'll eat pie and spray my hair at the same time. Okay. (laughs) Like I said, y'all, you've never met anybody like Cindy, but (laughs) seriously, I love this woman and she sharpens me not like none other. So Mm -hmm. welcome, Cindy. I'm so glad you're here. You know, I told her before, um, and let me give you a warning. I told her as we are talking about this subject to hold nothing back, to say those words about our body, to use the words that define our body. So you get ready because you're going to hear words that normally we might not use in podcasts, but it's totally appropriate, Cindy, to say whatever body part you need to talk about today because this is part of how God made us, and I want you to feel free in that way. So anyway, I've already said welcome to Cindy, but I want you to know a little bit more about Cindy. So Cindy, what would you like our listeners to know about you? I, well, the most important thing about me right now is that I operate as a beloved daughter of the Most High God. Mm. And he is an invisible God, but he has a visible 
and living relationship through Christ in me. And so I operate out of that vantage point of a woman that is deeply and dearly loved. Mm. And in the meantime, I am married to the love of my life, Todd. We've been married for 37 years. You've been married to Todd for 37? Mm -hmm. Wow. We have. And we have three adult children who, of course, are brilliant, beautiful, and beloved. And we have a a son-in-law as well. Um, My background is an ICU and ER nurse and nursing instructor. I have a tendency to look at life through body, soul, and spirit vantage points. And I tell my children that my love language is information giving. So my prayer is you all just feel the love by the time we're done with this. (laughs) They tell me that's not a thing, Mom. But I think it's a thing. Yes. And she has lots of information to share today. So open up your hearts and and be ready to learn from her. But before we start, Cindy, um, I don't know. Why is it so awkward for moms to talk to their girls about puberty? You know, it's awkward because part of it is we bring our awkwardness where we have our own history or maybe it was awkward whenever we were kids. And so we have this emotional memory bank that all of a sudden starts quivering when we start thinking about having this conversation. And so it's just a wonderful opportunity to kind of prepare ourselves because if we are prepared and we understand this is an ongoing process, then we kind of embolden ourselves in the quivering stops. Mm-hmm. I also I think it's awkward. Now, I haven't experienced this with girls. I Even more awkward, I had to talk about puberty with boys, mm-hmm. which I had not gone through. But I didn't talk about this with my mom. So for me, it seemed awkward because the first time I really talked it out was with them. And that never feels good, I mm-hmm. think, as a parent, mm-hmm. right? It feels better yeah. that you're not like test driving something on them. So for me, I think maybe that's why it can be a little awkward too if we didn't have that experience with our parents. So I do love that, but I want to say considering puberty with girls, I want a heads up. We are getting ready to do a podcast about puberty with boys. So if you have a boy and would like that information, you'd be watching for that as well. But um, can I say one thing on this is, is just like Mel was saying, our own story tends to get in there. And so if you can just understand you're creating a new story. Yeah. So I want you to imagine a table and you're preparing a table for Christmas or Thanksgiving and you put down a tablecloth. So if you envision this whole conversation is the tablecloth is the narrative that you're going to give your daughter in the midst of this. It's a narrative of I'm setting a safe place where you will not be mocked or scoffed or laughed at mm-hmm. for any question. And that you're you're putting down on the table the pieces of a conversation. This is not just one conversation that you have to get right. This is a seven-course conversation like a seven-course meal. So give yourself the grace to maybe not get one portion of it just right, but it gives you a chance to regroup. If you don't get the soup right, you can at least get the salad right, so to speak. I love that. And I have a feeling after the podcast today, I know you will not leave the same way you came in. So, Mom, um, I I want you to listen well. I also want you to know I'm very aware that you're doing this all by yourself. (laughs) I'm very well aware that you have so many balls to juggle. And now you're asking me to juggle the puberty ball, too. Um, Well, you're not doing it alone. Cindy's going to talk to you about that. So you can do it through Christ who strengthens you. So you are amazing. So you take hold of this information. So Cindy, to start off with, just give us a quick review. What happens during puberty? 
I mean, what takes place in our kids' bodies during puberty? Hmm. You know, it actually, it starts in the brain. Everything starts in the brain. Everybody thinks it starts someplace else, but it starts in the brain. The pituitary wakes up. Your pineal gland wakes up. Think of a bear coming out of hibernation and stretching and yawning. It starts releasing chemicals throughout the body, and the hormones will tell the ovaries to start making estrogen. And even in girls, testosterone is being secreted just not as much as boys and vice versa. And so that triggers the release of the eggs from the ovary. And by the way, fun fact, you are born with all the eggs you will have for your entire life. Really? Yes. So take care of your body. Be careful what you put in it Hmm. because all your eggs are in one ovary basket. Hmm. And so other puberty hormones are coming from your adrenal glands. They just sit on top of the kidneys and, and from your thyroid, your growth hormone, uh, just this stew of hormones comes into activation with God's perfect timing, which leads to the wonderful growth of pubic and underarm hair. And you end up having body odor and acne. It is a wonderful time of the body welcoming to the springtime. (laughs) It opens up. We're here. I mean, puberty is not shy, right? It's Mm -mm. telling all of us that it's arrived. So So Cindy, research tells us that girls usually begin puberty. Usually, I know this can range based on your child um, from 9 to 14, but some may continue growing all the way through 20 because there's these stages of mm-hmm. puberty. Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell us about those five stages? Yes, I can. And I'm going to start with a good resource that you can go to if I'm talking too fast for you. But healthychildren.org is a website from the American Academy of Pediatrics. I also like the mayoclinic.org. They are written in such a way that anybody can understand them. They're not just medical, but it's a good source. But there are five stages, and stage one and two, you could put in the category of early. And that's when the hormones are being released through the body. And for our girls, it's mainly estrogen, and the ovaries start getting enlarged. You may hear your daughter say, why am I having this weird feeling right down here? I'm feeling like a sharp pain. It's something called middle smirts is whenever with ovaries, when the ovary releases the egg, it sometimes just releases a little bit of pain, but it's it's nothing to be worried about. In stage two is when breast buds start occurring. And think of the nipple being nickel-sized and a little bit swollen. So let your daughter know, no, it's not cancer, and yes, it's going to be um, a little tender, and the breasts are not the same size, so don't freak out on that. Hmm. Uh, you, for girls, they may start growing pubic hair. And they may have their growth spurt, and their body shape changes. And when you're doing the laundry, notice in their underwear. If they're starting to have some vaginal discharge, it might be spotty, it might be creamy or cloudy. But that usually haps, happens six months to 12 months before she actually has her period, Mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. So the middle stage is stage three. The body hair gets thicker. Periods and pimples increase. Ovulation will start. And girls start their period usually by age 12, but they can have it as early as age eight or nine. Mm -hmm. A lot of it depends on weight. A girl usually typically does not begin her period till she hits 100 pounds. 
Really? Yeah, and that's mm -hmm. why some marathon runners, when their weight drops down, or girls that are struggling with eating disorders like anorexia, they'll stop having their periods. Mm -hmm. Okay, that makes sense. And then stage five is when everything's complete physically and full height is reached um, and all the genitalia is completely full. However, when we're talking body, soul, and spirit, the brain still has a lot of work to do. Yeah, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's true. You know, I didn't tell you I was going to ask you this, but... But do you, can you recommend any books for moms who want to tell their kids about sex? Oh, yeah. Introduce that. Can you, mm -hmm. I don't know, if you have some off the top of your head or, you know. Actually, just, I do. Okay. I figured you would. Uh, <laughs> you remember, go, you information go, girl. is my love language. You go, girl. <laughs> and so one that we really loved, and it's newly updated, is by Stan and Brenna Jones. And it's called God's Design for Sex. And it's a series of four books that will help you through each of these stages. I love that. I love that. And then um, there are a number of books out there. If, if pornography is an issue and it's increasingly becoming one for boys and girls, I've not read it, but it's been recommended highly by a counselor friend of mine that is called Surfing for God. Think S-U-R-F-I-N-G for God. That might be one that you would went to find and focus on the family is a good source as well for it is i want to throw something here if mm -hmm. you're looking for something on pornography we also have a podcast on that that we recorded mm -hmm. with the pastor here in our area so you might want to find that as a good resource as well that's yeah. good cindy i know you you talked a little bit about the timeline of this because there's those five stages but how long does puberty usually last? I know the answer is too long, but do you have an educated informational answer for that? Until mom is worn out and she's just a puddle in the corner. Yeah. Okay. That's what I, yeah. yeah. For mm -hmm. single moms, that may be a lot. <laughs> that may be often, right moms? Too long. No, it does take two to five years and every child is different. There, there is a range for normal and, and, and if, we, if we understand that with our children and explain to our children, your normal is going to look different than your best friend's normal. And some of your genetic history will help your daughter understand what's happening. Usually the age you started your period is about the age she'll start hers. And the same thing with menopause. When you hit menopause, let your older daughter know, hey, you can kind of expect it around this range. Mm, but they usually get their first period between 12 and 14. Okay. That's very good. Mm -hmm. You know what? I'm thinking because I have had granddaughters that have passed through the age of 11 mm -hmm. and like overnight, it's like a different little person, mm -hmm. you know. So other than physical signs you've talked about, what are some emotional signs that your daughter is going to have as she goes through pu puberty? You know, and you almost notice the emotional ones before the physical ones. Mm. Because they are overly sensitive. It's, it's sort of like all of a sudden there's a magnifying glass on their bathroom mirror. And they see the whole world through this magnified, sensitive position. Does, you understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, they're actually looking for identity and their developmental stage is that of independence. They're trying to seek their own independence at the same time that their body is growing and changing. They are uncertain about everything. They second-guess themselves, and peer pressure becomes increasingly important. Amen. They, they, wanna, they don't want to stand out at the same time that they do want to stand out. They're, they're so conflicted. The mood swings tend to go up with estrogen. It makes a girl a little more bossy. 
And with testosterone in the boys, it makes them more impulsive. But since both of those are going up in our girls, you will see bossy and impulsive stand out. Mm, fun. <laughs> Sounds right, moms. Fun. You, want, I, yeah. you mean I have that to look forward yeah. to? Mood swings. Oh, yeah. Well, you know what? Let me just ask you real quick before we go to the next question. I just wanted to know, so what's a mom supposed to do during those mood swings? Or, mm-hmm. or um, And we'll probably get to that in, in a minute. In fact, let's go ahead and do, let's ask that about the mood swings. Let's go ahead and do the next question. Oh, I think you asked it. How do you? The question is, how do you stay connected with your child through those Mm -hmm. mood swings? Mm -hmm. Because for me, like in those moments, you kind of just want to retreat and be like, "Well, if you're going to act that way, like I don't really like you right now, so Mm -hmm. I'm going to, you know, go somewhere else." But how do we lean into that? You know, I love the emotional honesty that you just mentioned. That like what you're thinking. Yeah. Um, Emotional honesty is important, and in the midst of this, in the mood swings. I think we start with ourselves, with our soul selves. I told Todd, this feels like the cutting of the second umbilical cord. Mm -hmm. Because we carried them in our womb, then we carried them on our hip, and now we're having to let go of their hand and let them understand who they are sexually, who they are in their identity. And so in this process is covering them with, again, going back to that table. How is that table set? And the centerpiece of this table is that we want to respond the same way God responds to us. He is gracious. He's compassionate. He's slow to anger. And he is rich in love. And his mercies are new every morning. So imagine in your emotional mind bank every morning a dry erase board. And you go there and you just have to erase all the offenses of your child and forgive them every morning. But it is a wonderful time to train up your children to learn to ask for forgiveness and to forgive because 80% of most of the problems that women have emotionally later on are because of trauma and unforgiveness. Mm. So operating off of those standards of loving kindness, forgiveness, and new mercies. I do want to recommend one thing. At the same time that our daughter's hormones are going up, Typically, the mom's hormones are going down. And so it's a wonderful time for a mom to even stay connected with her own self of under checking three H's. Check her head. What traumas or things that are, might be triggering me at the same age my daughter is going through these things that were unhealed. I need to go get some healing. Find a good counselor. And you can check your heart and say, am I feeling bitter towards this child? Am I starting to turn into anger, bitterness, and wrath? Because if that happens, we're closing our hearts to each other. So we got to keep our hearts open. And then the last age, besides check your head, check your heart, is check your hormones. Testosterone mm-hmm. is the first thing to drop. And you'll notice that you're having trouble sleeping, that maybe you're a little more emotional and agitated and irritated. And it is the perfect springtime tornado mixture mm. of high and low hormones <laughs> hitting each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I love that that's so practical. And I love the H's like that's something I feel like we can all remember. And I really love that we're doing this podcast because I, I didn't have this experience with girls, but 
with boys, and I'm so thankful, and I think I just did this out of fear, is that I talked about puberty with my boys. And so this podcast is just another, we're almost giving you single mom permission to talk about this. And I just think that that's so important for them to know too. Like that's how I stayed connected, I feel like, well, and I'm currently connected to my 14-year-old in this as we talk about it. And recently he kind of had this moment where he had a little attitude, which I'm sure none of your children have ever had. Mm-mm, ever. And after he cooled off and I did, I said, hey, how did how, how did that feel? And he goes, it felt like puberty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think even giving them, you know, we just talk about it. Mm-hmm. And, and I think you giving the moms these tools makes them feel empowered to talk about it. So I really love this. Well, and, and, and I started with the mom mostly on that is checking yourself first. Mm-hmm. And keeping your own yes. heart open, mm-hmm. but continually telling your daughter the truth of who she is mm-hmm. and the identity and design that God put in her, that she is perfect. She's not lacking in anything. His fingerprints are all over her and that you're helping her discover who she is in her design by her designer. Mm, I love that. And moms, I want to remind you too, as you're listening, that when you mention the word, check your own heart, your own bitterness, your own whatever, that there are issues that you may yet have to work out in your own heart as you're trying to walk the road of being a single mother. And I want to remind you, if we say so often, you are not alone. Jesus is your husband. He is the perfect healer, the perfect information giver, the perfect counselor, the perfect comforter, the perfect revealer. Maybe you don't know why you're angry, but you are. And you know why exactly? Well, your 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 Jesus, your husband can reveal why, and then you can take care of it. So don't hesitate to turn this into an opportunity for you to get to know your your husband, your heavenly husband, in this situation. You know, I want to tell you something happened interesting just this morning, and <laughs> I'm not kidding you. My one of my one of my children called adult children, <clears throat> um, and it said. Uh, what are you doing, Mom? Of course, I was trying to get ready for this podcast. And I was like, oh, well. And she said, I just want to come over and have coffee with you. And, of course, you always drop everything when they want to come over. I said, well, sure, come on over. So this precious person walked in the kitchen. I set them down at the table. I said, you have got to watch this five-minute video by Cindy Schatzman because she had just talked to me about how to talk to her kids about sex. She sat down at that table and watched it, and you should have seen her face. She was so thrilled to have seen this video that you did, Cindy which leads me to the next thing I want you to talk about. And Cindy has a video that's, that you'll see the, how to, where to get to it on the description of this podcast. But she talks about a little secret box she put together and presents it to her daughter. But Cindy, tell us what your secret box is and how can it ease the conversations that a mom needs to share with her daughter and how it can serve as a treasure for the next generation. Mm-hmm. I want you to talk to them about this secret box. I want you to go see it first, moms, yourself, but then I want you to hear Cindy right now. Mm-hmm. Well, it, actually, the box was as much of a gift for me as it was for my daughter. It was just an easy on-ramp to a hard conversation. Mm-hmm. And um, what we did is, and, and you can go watch the video, but because of my daughter's makeup... She was a little more introverted. I knew I wanted to do this in a place that she felt safe, so we did it on her bed. Whereas my sister-in-law, she took her daughter to another place and got a hotel room and made it really special. So just do it in a place that feels safe for your daughter. Mm -hmm. 
And what was in the box, basically, you can design your own box. Just go purchase a box of whatever you want, but put in it the tools that they're going to need to train their body up and to be prepared for what they're going to encounter. So anticipatory guidance is huge. If you can help them anticipate and feel like they have the tools in their own toolbox, then they're not so nervous about what's coming up. Yeah, that's good stuff. So we can see all the physical Mm -hmm. things changing, but a part of the emotional thing that's changing is their identity. Mm -hmm. I believe they're just becoming so aware of all the things like you talked about in the mirror. So how, how does identity shift during puberty and how can our single moms help with that whole body, soul, and spirit aspect? That's a good question. Thank you. Pam wrote it. (laughs) (laughs) Not. (laughs) So with identity, it helps to just sit down with our kids to help them understand the elements. You have external identity, which is everybody, what people from outside of you can identify with you. What's your hair color? What's your skin color? What do your eyes look like? How tall are you? What's your shape? Now, the internal identity is the most important part of who we are. And we've had a chance to see this up close and personal as our parents are in facilities where beauty fades and strength fades and everything fades. And what you're left with is who you are in the spirit. Mm. So body, soul, and spirit, if we can get to the point of telling our daughters, God is preparing your body right now to create another human being. So every menstrual period is God preparing the lining of your uterus with rich blood supply in readiness for a baby. And when that doesn't happen, it just sheds and it doesn't hurt and you won't bleed to death. It just skins that off and prepares for the next month. So the internal portion of who we are, I think is just as important to talk about during this time of puberty. And we are made in the image of God. We're a unique design. We are not cookie cutters. And so there's no room for self-hating in this. And as mothers and as daughters, the most important message I feel in this conversation and that I would put in the box is a Bible. That we find our identity in the face of our designer, the one who designed us, our creator God. Like I said before, has his fingerprints all over us. And so we go to him and say, how did you make me? What did you design me for? What am I good at? And we help them unfold that like a flower opening. And going back to the table, if we picture Jesus sitting at that table in every conversation and include him in this conversation, we as parents can go to him and say, all right, I'm about to kill this kid and this kid is driving me nuts. Can you show me, Lord, what is stirring in them? What's disturbing them? And then he'll... Bring your mind to a memory of something they said, but you were too busy bringing in the groceries. And then all of a sudden, the dots start connecting towards what that child needs in the moment. And so I would just encourage you to ask Jesus for help. And he promised to never leave us or forsake us because someday your daughter is going to leave you. And she's no longer going to be governed by your hand and by your direction So leading her to Jesus so that she finds out who she is, beloved and precious, and just a daughter of the king that is worthy of great value, that she's a treasure, and that she wants to guard and protect her body and not let people use her 
these are important conversations within the context of who we are, not only body and soul, but also spiritually. So invite Jesus into the conversation. Mm. Get I on mean, the table setting. No matter where your kid's at, huh? Mm-hmm. That's super good. Cindy, as we close, is there anything else you would like to say to our single moms or add to the podcast? You know, this is, this is a stage of life where so many things are being thrown at them from the world. The world wants to give them a message. And they're, uh, you turn to the right, you turn to the left, you're going to have totally different messages out there. That unless we find our identity in Christ Jesus, they will be hopping and skipping down life. The, the teenage years, um, picture your kid when they were on a bicycle and they had training wheels and you took those training wheels off. They were wobbling all over the sidewalk. So the teenage years are like that. And only Christ is can follow them all the days of their lives mm-hmm. and take them into the next generation where they have a story of how to share puberty with their daughter that is healthy and honoring, that doesn't tease or belittle. Mm. So keeping it in that safe space and giving them Jesus' hand to hold is important. I want to make... All right, this is Cindy getting on her soapbox, okay? You go. Okay, thank you. <laughs> um, there, during the teenage years, the mind is growing just as much as the body. And what we put in our mind matters. It will influence who we are. And there are things in the world that will lead to addiction and destruction. And so having these conversations are important, not just about the changes in our body, but what they're putting into their minds. And Dr. Amen is um, world-renowned, Amen Clinics. He talks about the effects of marijuana and pot specifically on the teenage and the growing brain. And he has brain scans showing that it changes their brains. We don't want to do that. And so our kids are struggling with a lot of anxiety and fear during these times. And and I would encourage you to do your research. Go look at these brain scans and don't let our children get addicted to so many things out there in the world. But that one is on the forefront right now that I want to bring to the table. That's very good. You know, I want to close here in a minute, but Cindy, I just feel led to ask you, do you want to pray for the moms? I just sitting here thinking maybe uh, I want to say something after. I just feel the need that maybe you might, I just want you to pray for them. Could you do that? Okay. So Heavenly Father, we come and we point to you. You are Elohim. You are the creator of our bodies, our souls, and our spirits. And when you created us, you said, it is good. So, Father, I pray for each one of these mothers that are parenting on their own. I pray that they will see you take them by the hand and grab the other hand and look them in the face and say, you're not doing this alone. I am here for you. I will never leave you, and I will never forsake you. Lord, I pray that they would see your face and they would invite you to join their lives with you and join the lives of their children to you knowing that someday they will let go of the hands of their children and that they can entrust them to you. We pray, Father, that our children will understand their identity is not what they look like, not what their shape is, or even what they do for a living, but it's who they are in relation to who you are. This is relational. So, Father, I bless each of these mothers with courage to have the conversation 
I pray you bless them with a narrative that builds up their daughters and tells them who they are as a daughter of the king, of the God, of the universe, and that they are designed to carry the spirit of the living God by the form of the Holy Spirit. And when they do that, they will love you and love others. They will become the most nurturing, loving, life-bearing women in, on the earth, that their narrative is beautiful, and that they will go forth, not just with the beauty of their bodies, but they will birth generations that will speak what is true, what is noble, what is right, what is pure, what is lovely, and what is honorable, and that they would overflow with the fruit of your spirit. They will be women who display love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness, faithfulness and self-control. And most of all, Lord, I pray they will call on your name and you will give them wisdom and understanding how to parent their children. Your promise is to give them counsel and strength, knowledge, to guide them all the days of their lives, and it's based on the fear of the Lord. So, Father, I pray that these women will call on your name and invite you into their hearts and into their homes this very day. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Single moms, I want to close with, with one thought. We've talked so much about your daughter's identity, but just for a minute, I want to remind you of who you are as you move forward to parent these children. The Bible says that you are a masterpiece. Mm -hmm. You don't need a husband to be a masterpiece. You are complete. You don't, you don't need anybody to complete you. You are a masterpiece. The Bible says that in Psalms, it says, I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And you are, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You have everything you need to parent well. You are enough in that home by yourself. You are more than enough in that home by yourself as you move forward and, and lead your children through puberty. You can do it. And I just wanna remind you today that you are so valuable. You are not alone. You are a magnificent, magnificent, difference maker and we know that you can parent your daughter well through puberty so take heart 